Have you ever been at a live concert or sitting at home and watching the concert and wondered what all goes into the process of filming this event so that you and everyone else could watch it and feel like you're actually there. And that's what we're going to talk about today, following a band on tour, filming, the ins and outs of what it takes to actually get that video produced for the band, all the ups and downs and everything in between to actually make this a reality. Today on Behind Every Story. What's up, everybody? My name is Jason, and this is Behind Every Story. If this is your first time with us, let me explain what's happening. I love stories, from comic books to feature films, short films, songs, jokes, sitting around a campfire with a single person or sitting in an audience and being enveloped by the storyteller. I love hearing people's stories, and even more so, I love learning what's going on behind those stories. This show is the director's commentary on the movie of life. And this week, we're discussing filming a band's tour, or following a band on tour. Back when I was first starting doing videography and video production, um, one of the first jobs I ever had was to go to a concert and film the concert from the pit, just in front of the stage. And while I thought it was super cool that I was getting paid to film a band and like how cool that's so amazing it's so much you can you have this feeling in you of being a part of this grandiose experience and even though you're not on stage it feels like you're a rock star too and I remember getting this bug in the back of my mind thinking you know there's two other guys here shooting the same kind of footage I am why don't I go and do something else? So I ran around backstage and I would shoot from behind the drummer and I would shoot from behind the guitar player to show the audience, to to see the interaction. And I think that's where live footage really comes alive. And you can see a concert, you can watch a band perform, but if you actually see them interacting, even visually, through the audience and with the audience, I think that really sells the emotional connection of the band's performance. And anytime I've ever talked to a band, they always say like, if you're in a studio making a song, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot less stressful because you can screw up and stop and everything else. But when you're on stage and you're playing for, uh, 10 people you're playing for thousands of people you still want to give them a show you want to give them something that they can take away and have this feeling of joy the same way you do producing and making this music so today we are going to discuss kind of along those lines i know i got off topic there but the thing that really has always sparked my interest is when i'm watching anything live events like this is I always think about the people who are actually producing the video, the live feeds, because I want to know what goes into it. Well, what kind of cameras they use? Uh, why did they get to that location instead of this other location? Uh, what it takes to tell a story of a live performance. So we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be joined by our special guest this week, Bethany Dietrich. 
and we're going to hear all about her story of following a band on tour and bringing that emotional story home to other people. We'll be right back. So I'm joined today by Bethany Dietrich, a filmmaker in Iowa. Bethany, thank you so much for joining the show. Hey, yeah, Jay. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm super excited because you have a very interesting story. Uh, (laughs) Can you tell us who you are and what your story is? Well, like uh, you mentioned, my name is Bethany, and I am a filmmaker based in the Quad Cities area um, of Iowa that's on the kind of the Mississippi River between Iowa and Illinois. And um, I've been doing wedding filmmaking mostly for the past four years professionally. And um, I dabble here and there in other endeavors. And that's kind of what led me into uh, this story that I have. So um, pretty much I, as I mean, you and I have never met in person. We've talked quite a bit. Um, and, uh, I, I like to network a lot. And in fact, that's how I met you. That's how I've met a lot of people that I have ended up working with and talking to a lot, being mentored by. Um, so that's kind of what has led me into the story that we kind of talked about earlier today. And, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, I can just dive right in if you want. Um, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, this is still pretty fresh in my mind. I, um, met this musician at a wedding, uh, last June and he was actually the cocktail hour, uh, musician. And I did some footage of him as I usually do of the bands. Uh, Fantastic Five actually was the band that, uh, did the reception, but he was doing the cocktail hour. I thought he was great. And after the wedding, after I delivered their film, I reached out to him and I sent him a clip of his playing and I said, Hey, uh, feel free to use this. And I was looking to do something fun and creative. So, Hey, if you feel like doing a music video or anything, I really like your music, reach out. So at the time he's didn't have anything in mind, but he was working on a project with a, uh, a band and he, um, asked me to come out to a show they're doing out in Muscatine. It was just a little festival type of thing. And uh, he he said, if you want to come out and shoot, great. So we did. We went out there. We shot. It was kind of a mess. Um, It wasn't ideal conditions. It was kind of thrown together uh, audio. We didn't have the audio set up the way we wanted. So it was just kind of a mishmash. It didn't really pan out the way I thought. However, what we did get, considering the circumstances, I sent to him. He really, really liked it. Um, and he thanked me and, uh, I considered it a really great experience. So fast forward, that was in October, fast forward, to, uh, I want to say January, February this year, he reaches out to me and he says, uh, Hey Bethany, I am going to be opening up for a insert major band here. Uh, it's been around for 25, 30 years and I'm going to be on their tour with them opening up for their Midwest tour. Would you be interested in coming out and shooting two or three shows? And of course, you know, my imagine you know (laughs) imagine that coming out of nowhere um so at this point I was like yes absolutely and this never ever happens and of course so quoted him he accepted the price we set things up I was supposed to do uh I two dates I had one in Madison Wisconsin and then I had one in Cedar Rapids that worked for our schedules so uh we talked about logistics what he wanted out of the shoot um, how we, we were going to have a mix directly from his audio person. So that was taken care of. We got all these logistics lined up. I asked him, okay, who do we need to talk to for access? 
he said, you know what, I'll get all that handled and taken care of. So fast forward to the Madison date, that was about a week and a half ago. And my husband and I are about halfway up to Madison and we get a uh, text from him that says, you know, call me ASAP. We talked to him. And pretty much at that point, the details were very murky, but he had been told that we can't shoot up there unless we are a member of the media uh, or a member of the union. And so that didn't make any sense to me, but he said he was going to work on it, get back to me. He worked on it, didn't happen, couldn't get any farther. And at this point, I'm thinking this guy's got a lot going on. He's, you know, he's got other things to think about and worry about. So we went up to the show anyway. I wanted to see how it was structured. It was a beautiful venue and I was really disappointed we didn't get to shoot in it because the acoustics were incredible. Mm. And it was just, it was very disappointing. And he was so upset. You know, you can imagine because he's already, he's paid me a deposit. And I mean, he's not upset because of that, but, but just because of the time, he really, really felt bad that we can't come all that way. And it was okay with us. We were all right. Like, you know what, you can't help it. But we were really confused. We did not know why this had happened. Um, because it just, there wasn't much of an explanation. So he said, okay, Cedar Rapids, Cedar Rapids is going to be fine. That definitely, we're not going to have any issues with that. I can't imagine the venue would have any problems because at this point we thought it was a venue oriented issue. So we, we didn't really suspect that there was anything else going on. So we thought it was an isolated incident. So we get to about three or four days before the Cedar Rapids date and we start seeing that there's storms in the forecast and we start getting real nervous. And I talked to him and I said, you know, it, it was going to be an outdoor amphitheater and it was very concerning to me because there wasn't any coverage. So uh, I told him, you know, I'm not really feeling this. And he said, well, he, he goes, I don't expect you to shoot if it rains. I said, well, we'll see what happens. But do you have things lined up for us to actually be there? I think it's outside. It should be no big deal. You know, there should really shouldn't be really any under restrictions. And he said, yeah, yeah, I got all that taken care of. I talked to the venue. Everything's fine. You guys will have access. You guys can go on the stage. You can go anywhere you want. You have the run of the place. That was what he said, the run of the place. So we're thinking, okay, this is great. We're, we're ready to go. We're all lined up. So two days before the event, actually the afternoon, so this is less than 48 hours before the event, the storm forecast is basically, yeah, it's going to storm. It's going to rain. Um, and it's not only going to rain, but it's going to be violent storms. So they moved it actually inside to an arena, uh, in Cedar Rapids. And considering this was a general admission event, um, that made it very interesting because that's not typically how it is in those kind of places. So there was no assigned seating, just an assigned section based on the, the, uh, ticket price that you paid. So that aside, we get up to Cedar Rapids, we meet up with him and he gives us our, a uh, little working sticker, all access passes, and we're feeling like a million bucks. And we're like, okay, let's do this. An hour before the show, we were back in the catering section. And I will not tell you what we were doing back there because we probably <laughs> shouldn't have been eating. Um, <laughs> it ended up being fine. We were fine. We could eat. And <laughs> we noticed a group of guys talking and the production manager, uh, he introduces himself as a production manager for this headlining band. And he's having a security meeting. And during the security meeting, he says to everyone, okay, guys, so anybody, even if they have a badge on, cannot get on the stage, cannot come close to the stage. You do not let them anywhere near the stage if they have a camera. And that lit up warning bells in my head. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I'm sure that he knows about us. He's just saying that for everyone else. So a couple minutes after that, 
um, I find him and I introduce myself and like part of me, myself, part of me was kicking myself for doing this later. But, uh, I told him who we were and what we were doing and we were shooting footage just for, for this guy for opening up, not for the band, the headlining band. And he like backs up, whoa, 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 you're what you're doing what? No, no, absolutely not. You cannot have it. The three cameras. No, absolutely not. That the union guys work in the workers. And as soon as he said union, I was like, oh crap, this was never a venue mm. issue. This was, this was behind the scenes. This started right at the root of something going on with, with that band, with that agreement, with that venue. It had nothing to do with the actual venue itself. So at that point I was kind of deer in headlights and you know, this guy had been around the block. He's been in the business for a really long time. And what my husband and I deduced after this conversation because he said we could have one camera, but it had to be in the very back. And if we wanted any other cameras, uh, we would have to pay one of their union workers to operate our cameras. And we'd have to pay them $75 an hour. Granted, we were only going to be there for half an hour. But still, we were kind of washing over that at that point. And so we kind of deduced that, okay, this guy looks at us. He has no idea who we are. Obvious, that's obvious. Obviously, he has not gotten the memo or the message at any point. It did not get to him. And he thinks he doesn't know who we are. So of course he's not going to let us anywhere near the stage. He doesn't know what our intentions are. We could be lying to him and, and it could end up somewhere. And he, he used, you know, the, the S word Sue several times, which of course, you know, he, he doesn't know who we are. So we didn't really t- take much stock in that. So we did what we could. We shot uh, from the lower bowl on each side and had our back of house cam, had audio set up, and it ended up coming out really uh, okay considering the circumstances. So he was really happy with that. Um, and so we decided after everything was going that had happened, we were going to try one more date. And that was last night. That was in Des Moines. And I actually um, talked to him again before that. And I'm just like, okay, you, you got this really on lockdown, right? Because at this point, he, I had told him what had happened with this production manager. I had said, this guy didn't know. And he was rattling, rattling off all the stuff about union. So apparently it's not limited to the venue. So at this point, the musician has a lot more information in order to hopefully get that permission that we need and explain. So we get to yesterday. And we get to uh, we get inside, and the ticket office tells us to go check in at the stage door, which is, had not happened before. So we go and check in with security. Security sends us to the venue production manager. This is the guy that runs the venue. This is at the Civic Center, the Performing Arts Center, downtown Des Moines. And so we talk to him. He's nice as can be, um, and we tell him who we are and why we are there. And he gives me this look and says. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about that. And uh, my, my heart sang into my stomach because I'm just like, okay, again, we're probably running into this wall. So he says, let's go and talk to the production manager for this band. And I'm, and he says his name and I'm like, okay, yeah, we're back here now. So we go downstairs and talk to him. And this time he was actually a lot nicer. Cause I think he, at this point he knew us and, you know, we'd been real civil at the last uh, conversation that we'd had. So at that point, he asked, he got to the, the meat and potatoes of what all this ended up being around. It was that union issue. And he says, is it, what is it being used for? Is it commercial or broadcast use? And I said, no. As far as I'm aware, this is Facebook. This is YouTube. This is self-promotion. This guy is getting bigger, but he's still needing that help. And that's why he's brought us in. So 
at that point, he kind of just cut to the chase. He said, you know what? Let's look at the contract. Let's see what's what's included in this union deal because it's broadcast and commercial. And I have a thousand thoughts running in through my head at this point because I'm thinking, okay, this is something that if we'd known back in Madison, we could had happen in Madison. And, you know, this could have been completely avoided. But you know what? We're here. Let's figure it out. So they showed us where we could shoot. Um, it all came together. There were a couple little hiccups that we anticipated with crowds and everything. It was a sold out show. It was the last night of the tour, uh, where he was touring with them as their opener. And he's on, he's going to be on a plane tonight to go to Jordan to sing for the troops over in Jordan. So, yeah. So it's like, this guy has been on a whirlwind. And so I, this whole time I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this whole thing. And, and now I'm here. Now I'm talking to you. Now I'm digesting. I've sent in the tracks. <laughs> I sent in the tracks to mix. He's really happy with, I did a zoom H1 mic at, uh, at, uh, for, uh what they call it back at house and where the, where the sound system is. I had that mounted mm-hmm. on top of my Tascam DR60 and they mixed a, a line in there. And so between the two, the, the audio is incredible. Um, and between the three cameras, I think we have a really good, uh, product that we can can give to him and considering everything that happened the crap storm of all of this it, it ended up working out okay and I th- and he was so appreciative that we kept a cool head because it sucked man I mean this <laughs> having this happen over and over and over and knowing it was going to have feeling like it was going to happen again and you were kind of helpless because it's going to be taken care of you know it's going to be handled all ahead of time but it really was a testament to, you know, kind of perseverance. If you, if you persevere in these situations and you, you don't freak out, you, you just go with the flow and you, you were really nice to the people that, that really matter. I mean, you should be nice to everybody, but <laughs> if you're really nice to the people that can make the decisions and you don't push back. Um, but if you're, I had to be assertive at a certain point and be like, look, we got to figure this out. And if we can't shoot, we can't shoot, but we need to know now. So that, that's kind of at that point, it, we, we've got a little more respect in that regard. Um, but yeah, it, it ended up being really great. We got to hang out with him backstage after the show and talk about everything. And you never know, this kind of thing, it could always lead to more work down the line. Um, people could see it. And it, it, it was a great experience for us. It was never something that I thought I would ever do. If you asked me a couple of years ago, I would never thought I would ever shoot a live event like this. But um, you, as well as shooting weddings, they're live events. So stuff mm-hmm. goes wrong all the time. Not, not all at the everyone, time. all the time. So I think that really, in this case, it really helps because you know, the, the, the lead singer of the band, he just he felt so mortified and so awful. And he kept saying, you know, I'm going to pay you no matter what, which is very nice of him to say. But I told him, I'm like, you know. I'm so, I guess I'm just so used to live events and stuff happening all the time that you don't expect and it's stressful and everything that this actually was not that bad. There's a lot more controlled environment situations that, you know, obviously a bride and groom, you you know, you Mm -hmm. can't control that as much. So, so yeah, so that's, it was a very eye-opening experience. It was an educational experience. Um, Obviously this guy didn't have a manager of his own. He didn't have someone to kind of help him in that regard. Um, and he did his due diligence. I mean, the guy has so much going on and yet he was still trying to do all this for us. And, uh, but you know, going forward, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, I know, I know what to do now. (laughs) So, 
so yeah, it was it was quite the experience. <laughs> it absolutely. <laughs> now that it had come up for air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, thank you so much for yeah. telling us your story. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the final film. Yeah, thanks so much. I, I'm looking forward to working on it. I had to I had to spit out the the one from Cedar Rapids in about 18 hours just so he could get an idea of what it would look like. But mm-hmm. this this one I'm going to spend quite a bit more time on and I'll feel a lot, a lot happier with and hopefully he will too. Cool. I'm excited to hear what he says about it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to give you a follow up. Absolutely. Thank you, Bethany. I appreciate your time for being on the show. Oh, you bet, Jason. If someone were so inclined to reach out to you, uh, how could they reach you? Well, I do have a Facebook page. The name of my business is Highland Visual. Uh, It's a very original name. It's my street name. So um, (laughs) when I was trying to come up with a name, that's that's pretty much what I landed on. Um, I, that is on Facebook and it's basically facebook.com slash high or forward slash Highland visual. I also have a Vimeo account for those of you that go on Vimeo and, uh, that's also vimeo.com forward slash Highland visual, uh, and all my contact information's on there. Perfect. Thank you again so much. Oh yeah. No problem. I always feel that learning people's stories behind the lens makes me appreciate what's happening in front that much more. If I know the dedication and work and time and effort and passion going into something, it makes me see the story they're producing that much more relevant and that much more powerful to me. And it makes me feel a little more connected to the world as a whole. So always be on the lookout for these amazing stories because sometimes these stories can seemingly come out of nowhere. Do you have a story about following a band? Even if it's not about filming a band, tell us a story about following a band throughout your youth, your adult, however you did it. Email us at behindeverystory at gmail.com. We would love to hear it. Great stories can be universal or sometimes they can even be close to home. Great storytellers make the world a smaller and more intimate place. Thanks to all the storytellers out there, big and small. And thank you for joining us here on Behind Every Story. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast streaming app or sharing our podcast to your friends and even random people, which I always find more fun that way. We love to connect with others and hear what you have to say. And thank you so much for our guest this week, Bethany Dietrich, for telling us her story. I'm your storyteller, Jason Osterkamp, and it's been a pleasure sitting around the campfire with you. Join us again next time on Behind Every Story. Behind Every Story.